It's movie time. Hey, welcome to The Commute Home. This is Derek. I just got home from the theater, and I just got done seeing Venom. So I'm going to go through, I'm going to talk about the film. I'm going to do my best not to spoil anything. I might, towards the end of the uh, podcast, give you some minor spoilers. Minor, 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 but I'll warn you about it. So, I liked it. I I really liked it, actually. I was kind of surprised. I didn't. I thought I was going to come out of the theater feeling more meh about it, but... Uh, I like walked out of the theater with a smile on my face. There's some problems with the movie. There's some minor things. I'm like, eh, better off next time. But overall, I liked it. If, if you're someone that goes to the movies uh, every, you know, once a week, once every two weeks, you like seeing a movie, you like comic book movies, go see it. Definitely go see it. If if uh, you, you go to the movies once a month, you know, I'd still say maybe. Think about it. Go see it. I really enjoyed it. Let me tell you about my my taste, what I like to watch. Of course, I love comic book movies. I love the Marvel MCU movies. Every single one of those movies I like. But now before the Marvel movies, we had the old, older um, comic book films. We had things like Daredevil, Ghost Rider, Fantastic Four, uh, the, the original one. Those movies, I like those. Um, back then, I thought they were good adaptations. Didn't love them, but I did like them all. In hindsight, they're not as good as the MCU stuff, but back then I thought they were good. Oh, also in hindsight, the Spider-Man movies. Love the Spider-Man movies, the first three. On the flip side, things that I don't like. Uh, I did like the Amazing Spider-Man 1. Hated Amazing Sp Spider-Man 2. Just characters, villains, uh, storyline, not my thing. The Fantastic Four reboot, hated that. Great cast, terrible story in my opinion. Justice League. <laughs> Again, I thought it was well casted, did not get into the storyline, did not like that movie. Uh, so that's where my tastes sit at. To me, Venom has that feel of those older Marvel films like Daredevil and Ghost Rider. The filmmakers went off of some of the Venom lore, some of the alternative Venom lore, like what we saw from the cartoons in the 90s, and also came up with a lot of stuff on their own, which was kind of you know what they were doing a lot of back when they with the Ghost Rider and the Daredevil movies. At the same time, they could kind of kept that darkness that uh, Daredevil and Ghost Rider had. But what they did very, very well was it doesn't feel like a PG-13 movie. Ghost Rider really felt like it was kind of scaled down for the masses. But uh, this Ven this feels like a full-on Venom. Yeah, it doesn't have blood and guts like an R-rated film. I don't think it needed it, though. I, it, it, felt, it felt right. It didn't feel like it was held back or restrained or calmed down it had the right feel for the movie and it's you know it's it's venom and it was true to venom from the comics and from the cartoons and what i mean by being true to venom is in in the 90s when i was reading a venom comic in the comic books or when i saw him in the cartoons um nasty 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 evil character just kind of when you whenever you flip the page in the comic books and he came on the page like uh-oh Something's going to happen. It's it's this guy. Sure, the origin's different, and there's no Spider-Man, and the backstory's a little bit different. But when it comes to like the essence of Venom and you know that 90s Venom, I think they captured it. I think they absolutely nailed that, that feel, that nastiness. Now, when it comes to Eddie Brock, that essence is a lot different. Uh, Eddie's motivation's completely different. He's not about Peter Parker. He's not about revenge. He's not that you know, the, the high school bully character anymore. Um, that's something that seemed to be created for the film. And I really like what they created. And uh, Tom Hardy, 
He was good. I think it's my favorite Tom Hardy film. You know, Tom Hardy as a lead actor, he hasn't done that much that, I, that I've really loved. But I think this is the first thing as a, as a lead that I'm like, yeah, I was behind him. I was rooting for him. I thought he did a great, great, great job. And he was funny. He was, I've, I don't think I've seen him like this before. His uh, portrayal of Eddie Brock, he was just funny. The theater was breaking up several times throughout the film. And him just on, like, on screen by himself. Just having like this conversation with the parasite with Venom and kind of talking to himself, mumbling to himself, or even interacting with people, just all of it. The, the portrayal of Eddie Brock was hilarious. Not slapstick, it was very kind of like real world funny, but I, I really liked it. Theater was, was laughing. And I'm really happy. I'm, I walked out of this theater happy to see it because I walked in the theater very apprehensive uh, from the things I've read and, and from the things I saw. I, I was expecting not to like this, to be honest. Uh, for two reasons. The first was the commercials for it. I don't know. I just, I saw the commercials and I'm like, oh, oh Tom Hardy's doing an accent. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I've seen Tom Hardy do some accents and sometimes it kind of hurt the film in my opinion. You, you know which movies I'm thinking about. Um, <laughs> uh, but this one, five minutes into the film, I'm like, oh, I get the accent. He sounds like Tom Holland's Spider-Man. He sounds like he could be the Tom Holland Spider-Man's neighbor. It's that same accent. Duh. That makes total sense to me. And the accent was great. And, you know, there was no this. I could understand it perfectly well the entire uh, film. Wow, my pain impression's terrible. Anyways, the other thing from the previews that I was kind of eh about was the way Venom looked. Where Venom looked, he looks pretty much like a CG character. Where he's kind of all, the, you know, the shiny black you know, gooey body with the kind of shiny plastic looking teeth. And to be honest in the film, yeah, he's, he looks pretty CG. Venom looks like a pretty CG character, but I don't know. How, how else do you do it? I, I mean, Venom works really well on the page in a comic book. I don't know how you get him to look real on the screen. Maybe there's a way of doing it. I'm not thinking about it, but to me, yeah, he looked pretty CG. Didn't ruin the film doesn't feel real to you when you watch it. doesn't feel like you could really see this in in real world, like this would happen on the street. It kind of keeps you in fantasy land. But again, I can't really knock him for that. I don't know how else to do that. I I don't know how else to make a real-looking Venom on the screen. I I don't think I've seen it yet. The other reason why I thought I may not like Venom was they've had a rough press week. Uh, This press week started basically with Michelle Williams admitting she signed on just for the money, which, well, an actress took an acting job for money and not love. I, I'm okay with that, but some people, uh, you know, they want people, to, the actresses and the actors to kind of feel for the characters and feel for the part, and apparently she didn't. Uh, the other thing was Tom Hardy made a statement saying that his favorite scenes were cut from the film. Uh, later on, they came back and asked him about that, and basically the director gave uh, Hardy the, the opportunity to this improv and talk between Eddie Brock and Venom and have those conversations over and over and over. And he says there's something like seven hours worth of, worth of just his improv, just talking back and forth to, between the symbiote and, uh, and uh, Eddie Brock. I would love to, to hear some of those seven hours. I'm sure there's some comedy gems in there. Cause again, this movie was funny and Hardy just nailed this character in my opinion. Uh, also this week, we got some fake news about Venom. I can't believe it, but the whole fake news thing and uh, social media has spread to the movies. Uh, <laughs> on social media, when uh, the uh, pe- 
when the first audiences got to see Venom, right away there were these reviews online, and I'm looking at three of them right now. It's exactly the same re- review, each one written like that person wrote it, and it's attached to three different accounts. And the review is, I am the biggest Marvel fan, but I just watched Venom, and I don't know what to say. Easily the worst movie this year. I expected so much better, and now I'm just disappointed. <laughs> so, <laughs> so reporters and investigators kind of dug down and tried to figure out why they were seeing these same news reports over, or I'm sorry, the same reviews over and over and over, ex- exactly the same reviews over and over and over. So they contacted some of these people that posted this stuff on social media, and they found out why did they do this? It's because they're Lady Gaga fans. Uh, ladies, Lady Gaga's new movie with Bradley Cooper comes out the same day as Venom. So since they didn't want to take money away from their Lady Gaga movie, that's why they went online and they smeared Venom. They hadn't even seen the film. I can't believe the fake news. Social media BS is getting into the film industry. It blows me away. I'm so upset about it. I'm not even going to say the name of the Lady Gaga Bradley Cooper film. So so there, huh? That was catty. But lastly, I did see some reviews for the film and I saw a lot of meh. They were kind of middle of the road. I think they had a lot of the same thoughts that I had, but uh, I think they were much harder on the film. Some reviewers really wanted an R rating. Me personally, I don't think it needed it. It's been accused of having a clunky script with uh, nuance that bogs the Venom theme down. I think Tom Hardy carried it. He carried this movie. And I think he did a darn good job doing uh, playing Eddie Brock and Venom. And then other reviewers were just saying, okay, there's some parts that work. There's some parts that don't. Uh, when we go back to do, if, if they go back to do a second movie, they, there's some stuff they need to keep and there's some stuff they need, definitely need to throw away. I absolutely agree with that opinion. And now I'm going to do some minor spoilers. I'm not going to really go through plot points or anything deep, but I'm going to give you some things that might give you a feel for the movie. You may, may not want to hear it. So uh, here we go. Three, two, one. All right, minor spoilers begin now. My opinion is, with any action movie, especially with comic book films, I think you really need to have a big action sequence with your main character in the first 10 or 15 minutes of the film to to keep it interesting. Uh, Like like I said, a lot of the older films that we saw before the MCU, that didn't happen. And in this movie, it didn't happen. Uh, We didn't see our first action sequence with Tom Hardy until we got an hour into the film, right around an hour. I was really surprised by that. But... Uh, I was engaged in the film for that first hour. Uh, like I said, Tom Hardy is carrying this movie and he does a really good job and I was engrossed. I was totally following along, totally into it. A lot of background. You really get an understanding of Tom Hardy's character, Eddie Brock, his relationship with his, uh, fiance. And then for the villain, you really get a, a plenty of time to see this villain is a really, really bad, bad, bad guy. Uh, you know, lately it seems like villains, they're doing more and more of us kind of being able to relate to villains and feel for them and understand where they're coming from this, this movie, they just took the time to say, this guy is awful, nasty, horrible. He's a, just a terrible human being. So there's no like, well, maybe he's, he can be redeemable. No, (laughs) we got like an hour's worth of no bad guy. Uh, so like I said, the first action sequence was, uh, an hour in now after that, there's finally that point where, uh, and we don't even have Venom at that point, you know, and then we finally have this, this time of reconciliation where it's like, okay, it's kind of like uh, when Peter Parker in the first Spider-Man movie 
wakes up. He's got spider powers. He, you know, he kind of has problems in the cafeteria. Then he's, you know, real quickly crawling up walls, you know, running over rooftops and then swinging from rooftops. Uh, this sequence went slowly from the that first action sequence and to the point where we finally get to see Venom for the first time on the screen. It's another 20 minutes. So you're an hour and 20 in on watching this uh, just under two-hour movie before we actually get to see Venom. That's something I think that they would need to fix in the next film. If they do a next film, is they've built a great backstory with a great background. But even though, like I said, this hour and 20 minutes were, were it's like Tom Hardy is carrying this thing. And he, he did a great, I, 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 yeah, the more I think about it, I have to really compliment him. He did a great job in this film. He, he really carried it. Again, he was just funny. Uh, it, this, the character was funny. Uh, it worked. It absolutely worked. Now, for so, some theater goers, maybe that slow, you know, hour till an acting scene, hour and 20 till uh, we finally get, you know, the, the title character, Venom. It's the name of the darn movie. That might be too long for people. It might bore them. For me, I was into it. I was totally into it. Uh, beyond that, uh, the other critiques I can make is the final fight sequence was kind of blah. It, it's like, okay, they're fighting. Okay. Okay. Oh, it's done. It seemed kind of short. It seemed kind of blonde. It seemed, um, you know, one of those fight sequences where you can't really tell what's going on. There's a lot of movement, a lot of this stuff. Um, so not the best fight sequence. Wasn't bad, though. So I, I can't uh, take points away from the film because of that. But it was just, it was just okay. And then now, lastly, uh, <laughs> there are two post credit scenes. Uh, now, these are going to be the biggest spoilers I'm going to tell you. I'm not going to totally do uh, uh, tell you what they are, but they, these are the biggest spoilers I'm going to give you. The first post credit scene, yeah, they, they did the comic book thing. They absolutely set it up for a sequel. What I, <laughs> the only thing I didn't like about it is if I went on IMDb before I saw this movie, and like one of the top build names, like in the top five, there was this name. They don't show up until that post credit scene. I'm like, oh, a relatively known actor, and <laughs> give him top billing on IMDb, but don't put him in until the post credits to set up the sequel. Yeah, that's a little low, guys. They they could have handled that better. Uh, and then the other thing is, once you get down to the very end of the credits, we finally get the last post credit scene which is, it looks like a couple minutes straight out of uh, the new Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse uh, film that's come out in December, the, the animated Spider-Man movie. Uh, I'm From what I can see, it wasn't like a commercial or a preview or additional information about the film. It was straight from that film. It seems like they used that post-credit opportunity to give us another commercial. I guess they're trying to push that movie as hard as they can to, to get people in the theater in December to watch Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. On a small note, uh, Eminem did the uh, title song named Venom. I heard it during the credits. Sounds pretty good. I might have to check that out on iTunes later on. And that's all I have for uh, Venom. Now, moving on to more important things. This is my first solo podcast. Nick finally took the training wheels off and said I can do a podcast by myself. And I really appreciate Nick doing that for me. And since this is October, which is Dwarfism Awareness Month, I decided that I was going to put together a little something just for Nick because, well, he's short and it's funny. So, Nick, this is for you, bud. When I first met Nick, I thought he's a really down-to-earth guy. Say what you like about Nick, but at least he doesn't look down on people. 
you know, because, you know, Nick has really incredibly low standards. And I got to admit, Nick is oppressed. He's always getting overlooked. You know, I mean, people say, well, what did Nick, a midget, and a dwarf have in common? Very little. <laughs> you know, after Nick pays his bills, he, he's shortchanged. You know, and, and you know, I, I got to give it to the guy. He's had, he has a hard time raising the family. He really struggles to put food up on the table. You know, they raise the alarm at Nick's work today. You know, Nick was pissed. He can't reach it now. The other day I asked Nick to lend me $5. He said, sorry, I'm a little short. Oh man. And the, this other podcast, some, uh, someone crashed into the back of Nick's car. Nick got out of it and said, I'm not happy. The other driver said, well, which one are you then? And then I was walking down the street yesterday when I saw someone pickpocket Nick. And I thought, I don't know anyone who could stoop so low. You know, and you know, because of the bad car and, you know, the money problems and all that, Nick's been taking the bus. So I saw Nick walking to catch the bus today. And when he saw it coming down the road, he broke into a jog. It was getting closer and he still wasn't at the bus stop. So he started sprinting, but it drove off before he could get there. Nick was too little, too late. So I was like, jump in, I'll take you home. Well, Nick was just sitting there at the bus stop. He came back to me and said, get lost. So I said, okay, suit yourself. So I zipped up my backpack and just carried on with my walk. And by the way, even though Nick has money problems, maybe needs a career change, Nick should not get a career as a chef. The stakes are too high. But, you know, I feel like Nick, maybe he might need a release. He might need an escape. You know, he might need to smoke some weed so he can, you know, get medium. Yeah, but, you know, Nick doesn't smoke weed. That's just not his thing. Uh, I don't think he would ever would do something like that. But if he ever did get stoned, uh, he could finally hold his head up high. I played a round of miniature golf with Nick yesterday, or as he called it, golf. And you know, when Nick plays soccer, he always just laughs and laughs and laughs. It's because the grass tickles his balls. And then Nick and I went to a nightclub the other night. The bouncer let Nick right in, but he stopped me at the door and said I couldn't go in. I asked, why not? He said, because you're not on the short list. I couldn't argue with that. <laughs> Nick once overdosed on Viagra. He's a little stiff now. I bumped into Nick at the store yesterday. Small world. He was there buying a pack of water balloons. Someone's getting lucky tonight. I think Nick is going to dress up like a nun for Halloween. And all I can think is, oh, ye of little faith. The key to writing jokes about Nick, keep them short. You know, but I do think this podcast is not going to work out. It's too bad. I'm just nuts over Nick. <laughs> uh, but I, I really should not be talking like this though, because Nick does get mad easily. He's got a short temper and Nick is really sensitive about his lack of height. I shouldn't tease him about it. I really shouldn't. Cause you know, he may punch me in the knee, but I will say once, once Nick came within inches of punching me in the face. I think someone put him up to it. But, you know, Nick does get fed up with people making fun of his height. So I think 
Tonight, his wife is going to make it up to him. She's going to give him a bottle of wine and a DVD box set of Nick's favorite TV show. When Nick gets in from work, his wife is going to go and order for the takeout from their favorite place. So they'll sit there and they'll eat their takeout while they'll drink the wine and watch the DVDs. And then afterwards, Nick's wife is going to go upstairs and run a nice hot sink for Nick. And lastly, appreciate the little things. Give Nick a hug. And that's it. My name is Derek, and this is The Commute Home. Thanks for listening to the show. We have no idea what we'll talk about next time, but I'm sure we'll have a good time doing it. Our email address is thecommutehome at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. Until next time, drive safe, everybody. 